This week on your Old School RuneScape update, the Winter Summit paints a picture of Old School's future. We highlight Varlamore and quests, including the iconic Defender of Rock and Well Gothic Sleeps. We also set out to see and take a peek at the engine and client updates on the horizon. This is the Old School RuneScape Update, Episode 11, recorded Saturday, January 21st, 2024, the sunny winter. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Old School RuneScape Update this week, a bit later, a day later than usual, but there's good reason for that, isn't there, Sirion? Isn't there? Uh, yes. I had other commitments. Oh, come on. No, we're talking about the Winter Summit 2024 as the good reason. Right. Because we would have only had... Because the Winter Summit would have been happening at the time we normally record this. And we wouldn't have had time to digest it before before going to record. But yes, you you oh, were... But aren't, aren't, aren't we so good that we don't need that time at all? I mean, you can say that. I'm not going to say that. But in any case, um, yeah, he he did have he did have a prior commitment of, of something called a volleyball match for the folks who uh, are unaware that Sirion plays plays volleyball. Yes, yes. This is not a sports podcast. We're here to talk about old school's winter summit. Um, follow along. Full show notes at update.show/os. You can find me in game at Shane12088. Um, Sirion with a C. That's my. That's gonna yeah. be. That's gonna be my intro for you until you give me an embarrassing story to tell each and every week. I. I, I okay. I can't, I can't believe you never told me an embarrassing story before. Uh, I'm very good at not telling those. Yeah. Because yeah. They're embarrassing. So. On the RS3 show, we have we have somebody had somebody who would appear uh, on the show, and the first time he appeared on the show, um, he did it for a contest, a Valentine's Day contest, where he got married in game. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's that's a story indeed. Yeah, and and the and the and the inter- interesting thing uh, was that about that that was his it was his best friend in real life, so. Uh, it, we had, we had lots of fun and laughter about that, so we like it. We like a story like that. But in any case, we also have the friends chat bits bites and the community Discord at update.show/discord. But I think what we all want to talk about this week is the Winter Summit, and you know, I I feel like. I feel like there was a lot of, um, you know, in, in, in some parts of, of the community, there's lots of pie in the sky, you know, ideas of what could be announced here. But I feel like what we got uh, was all relatively expected and within the bounds of of, of where the old school uh, project is currently heading. Yeah. It was just more of a keynote, I think. Than, yeah. Uh... Yeah. And, like, it wasn't anything that was like, you know, we're adding a, a new skill beyond sailing we're completely reworking this skill and oh by the way we're starting a new a new quest arc it was pretty much steady as she goes updates on sailing updates on the next area expansion varlamore coming in and a couple of quests and i think we want to start with varlamore here because that's something we've been talking about um on on the podcast as we got some of the dev blogs 
for it, but we got a we got a, a a deeper look at it this week with the winter summit on here. And you know, when it comes to actual um, old school content that's built for the game, I think we we or at least I have made it clear on the podcast that this sort of content that kind of follows the mold that Corin did is something that that I'm a hundred percent here for um, with old school and this what we saw in the winter summit really reinforce that yeah like they were talking about oh it's like a mix between like roman and aztec culture i'm like yes i'm so here for that like that to me is a relatively underexplored uh material in in a lot of uh fantasy games i think and mmo specifically so i love that they're taking a departure here and they're trying something new and like the savannah is going to be a new biome uh, we haven't seen in uh, in old school yet, uh, or all of all of RSV, uh, our, our, all of RSV, all of Runescape. I can't talk. Um, so that to me, it's 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 great. And just you know, I took a look at the world map earlier, and it looks good. Like it looks exciting. And if you compare it to some of the other parts of the world, I think it shows how far we've come in in using the limited resources to to shape relatively natural looking worlds despite the fact that we you know everything needs to be very much on a grid and you know we have limited textures and all that but it it looks so much better than than other parts of the world so i'm excited to explore it yeah and and see that's the thing i think it's um it's and this is something that they talked about um, in the quest announcements and also the uh, discussion about the HD client, which we'll talk about after, is that this is a refined old school experience and they're effectively implementing it, isn't it? You know, they know what old school is and they can and they can deliver that. And, you know, very confidently too, because Varlamore is one of the only two pieces of content here in the in the winter summit that was announced that has an actual date behind it otherwise you know we got seasons like spring summer etc yeah whereas you know we're we're gonna get the first batch of this content here on uh on march 20th which you know when you when you put it in the grand scheme of things with everything in between uh where we're at now and and that it, it's really not that far away no and no it, it's 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 great and and one of the things i've always uh like back when I was studying and learning about technology and making games and all that, um, one of the things we learned was uh, the cycles of game consoles, right? So each new console is meant to bring like a whole new, you know, graphics chip and nicer graphics. You get this sort of next-gen talk um, going on. But even if you look within a single generation of consoles, the difference yeah. in games they yeah. can make between the start and the end, and it all comes down to developers just start knowing how to optimize the heck out of this, how to like stretch the tools that they have until the absolute maximum. And I think Valamore shows that exact same thing with old school, right? Like they're at the point that's where an interesting way. That's an interesting way of putting it as in, you know, old school is the game console and this yeah. is, you know, stretching the bounds of that. Exactly. To like the and, and I don't think they've re- reached the limits yet. I mean, again, we're going to talk about the engine. I'm like, what? They can do this? Um, so I'm excited about it. Yeah. And 
I've always been, I've always felt that, you know, and maybe this is reflecting on old school and people can, you know, take it um, for what it's worth. I've always felt with game consoles that if you wanted the premium experience of playing a game, you get a game console because that doesn't mess up. It's going to work well. And everything that you get that runs on it is going to fit within the bounds of that console. And the reason I'm saying this is that the old school content all fits within what the game engine and what the game client is capable of. Yet at the same time, you have, you know, the most hideous area I can think of in, in the Assault's Bane quest, right? You have that, <laughs> you have that operating, but at the same time, you have new and interesting things like this Varlamar continent. You have things like the Isle of Souls, as we saw, just so many interesting things like that. And, you know, maybe that's, maybe that's the thing in terms of looking through all this. Maybe this is the, the shining leaf that, that I want to pull on most now that you, um, mentioned this, but you did, you did, I, I did notice that when we were when I was looking at your notes, you used an emoji, and normally we don't see emojis in our show notes. And the emoji here is a frowny face next to there being only one quest. Yeah, I want more quests. Time. I mean, <laughs> I know I'm 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 maybe a little bit demanding. Well, to be fair, the like, sense that I got is we're going to get more quests with Batch too. Yes, exactly. So you know, it's it's. I don't mean it in 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 any negative way. I am sure we'll get more lore. I'm just, I'm very impatient for the lore. Um, in a sense, like I really want to explore that culture. I really want to explore some of the mythology of that world, uh, not just the politics, though. That will also be interesting. Uh, and I don't like waiting for it. So that's <laughs> that's my main thing here. Um. To be honest, yeah, but, and, and I mean, in theory, if you wanted to be pedantic about it, you can say that there's two quests. We we've already done one of them, Children of the Sun. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. But uh, I mean, but like, I mean, that was an introduction at 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 its core. Yeah, but like even looking at at, at just the notes, it's I don't think I mean th- th- we're gonna get huge P- like some big PVM content with Volumor Part One. But the thing that strikes me most looking at like all the content that's going to come is that Valamore is really a big skilling update. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, and you know, looking through it and reading between the lines, you wouldn't normally think that, but I think especially when you look at a number of the things and how how even the the combat pieces of content have been positioned, I think we could say that. I mean, uh, like I think it's important to see a lot of these these scaling updates in the context of the wider discussion as well. Like there wasn't a lot of talk about Project V balance on the Winter Summit. Maybe my biggest disappointment with the whole summit. But well, I, I'm I'm sure it's gonna get enough attention. We'll take we'll take we'll, we'll take this look at it this way. The way I see Project Rebalance is that if it's something that's going to be improving game integrity and game health as a whole, that's really not something you talk about. It's something. Yeah like the winter yeah. summit yeah because that's going to come but, out regardless mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's going to come when it's done and when it's good right like that's not a thing like that's something that's a little bit less and and to be powerful. fair and to be fair a lot of the project rebalance things we talked about a couple of weeks ago um 
were very in the, in in the weeds when it came yeah. to numbers, and that kind yeah. of content doesn't really present that well on screen. No, at a no, exactly. But it, like, like just going back to the skilling updates of Valamore, if you look at like the mining updates, you cannot see that independent from the discussion we had around um, the 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 uh, stars, right? The shooting stars. Yeah. The fact that they're building like a low intensity mining training method. It's which is and, which and, is and, which is wonderful because what was the number one thing I complained about and have complained about so far in the game? A lot of mining, I think. Yeah, yeah, all of mining. Yeah, yeah. So and, and like same with like prayer. Like I think prayer could do with like a little bit more interesting content. But like the biggest deal, like the big elephant in the room, or should I say, uh, I can't. I, I, I colorful birds. I forgot the name. Uh, Quetzals, I think. Uh, in the room is the is the hunter guild, of course, and you know I had a I had a little bit of thinking about it earlier. Like, is is a guild really going to fix a skill that has, if you think about it, very little utility? Right. And, and now we and get just to be, now, and now I, I just want to get a guild. That, oh, go yeah, for it. I just want to say one thing before we go into this about where hunter is, and this was at the general, you know, Jagex RuneScape twentieth anniversary uh, celebration. Um, there was a there was a panel with J Mods talking about big regrets, and Mod Mark said one of his you know regrets was that you know Hunter came into the game and you know wished wished Hunter was deleted. So there's a lot of there's a lot of you know sway on both sides of Hunter, both in terms of what the skill represents for some people from the animal trapping side, but also from the technical side, like you said, is that you know where where is the utility of the Hunter? Of the hunter skill and, it, and why do we have it, right? Yeah, where does it fit? And and my favorite hunter guild is that it basically turns into skilling slayer, right? It's now oh lord, uh, slayer for skilling. Like the rumors are a little bit like that, but I think I sort of convinced myself more in favor of how a guild a hunter guild could fix an entire skill. Is that I think the main problem that Hunter has right now is that it lacks utility in the game. There is really nothing you get out of Hunter that you really need. Like you know, the I birds' nests are yeah. great. Yeah. But that's that's just about the only Hunter provides uh, wow moments through implings if you can bear catch them, barehanded catch them. Yeah. And chin chin chompers are good for range training. Like there's some niche use cases, but by and far, it is a pretty useless skill. This could change that. I don't know if it's enough. I don't know if the hunter meets will be enough to lift hunter up into an actual useful skill. But at the very least, it's a good first step. Yeah, and I mean, so it's, a, it's, a, it's, gonna, a, it's a bit of an experimentation too, I think. Yeah, so I'm going to say cautionary uh, optimism there. Yeah. Um, what about the moths? Moths? Yeah, the hunter Remind moths. Me. So Remind me. they function like butterflies. They use a butterfly net and jar, with assuming you have the level. And they bestow buffs up to a random three players in a 3x3 three three radius around you with one of the effects in that the sun... Light moth gives you six plus twenty percent 
of a player's reduced stats as well as eight hit points. And the Moonlight mod gives you five plus ten percent of a play, player's level in, in prayer points. I mean, it could be interesting. So, so it's like a I it's guess. like an AOE burst kind of thing in a three by three grid. Around yeah, that you. sounds like an interesting group PVM uh, addition. So it's kind of like imagine you had a potion that could be used as as AOE, but it's not you know a potion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now imagine these things actually becoming useful, and and all of a sudden Hunter becomes a money maker. Like mind blown, right? Like that would be great. I think. Yeah. Um, antelopes um, give sunlight horns and sunlight meat. The moonlight antelopes give moonlight variants of this, and the sunlight horns are used to upgrade the hunter's crossbow into a sunlight hunter's crossbow and bolts for the upgraded version. So they're, you know, they're kind of ecosystem creating with this in kind of the same way that farming and herblore ecosystem each other, I think, which is good. Yeah, and I think I I like that it is a way, like, it's not going to be replacing monster drops, but... In a sense, it is feeding into like the combat ecosystem by giving Hunter interesting drops, and that right. might just about be enough to to make it interesting again. So let's just forget the Hunter Guild here is being talked about. Without the Hunter Guild in game, what's the most interesting part of Hunter? Right? See? See? Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, there's, there's some training methods. Uh, I think it's like the, the drift net fishing, for example. I haven't given that a try yet myself. Like, there's, there's a few things like that, but it's very one-off in a corner somewhere, single piece of content. Yeah. Um, and you know, on, on the whole, I think both Varlamore batches are probably my, my second favorite thing to come out of the summit here. Um. On this one, well, I'll, I'll tell you. You say, when we, both, when we get... you say both. You say both batches. I think we should talk about the other batch then. For yeah, moment. yeah. And I was kind of, you know, I was kind of grouping uh, the two of them here together. But which which one in in batch two uh, stands out to you? Because the one thing that I saw in the summit here with batch two is that you know we don't we're not getting too much information about this because it's a it's a ways out. But they're still but they're still talking this up because it's coming summer twenty twenty four. Yeah, uh, I mean, for me, the fact that they're saying like new Herblor content, love it. Uh, that that to me is like, yes, give me more things to do with Herblor. I like potion making. I think that's that's a pretty solid start. But I would love for that to be more uses for that skill than just that one thing. Right, as do. in as in, yeah, you're talking about adding like an entirely new loop for it, or. Or even just like an integration, like for example, you have like attack, or not just like potion mixes, right? Like the barbarian herbloid training. I don't know who who generally. I don't think I've ever seriously used it myself. Right? No, like the one where you put caviar no. or roe into a potion. Because the idea behind that was that it was like a potion and food combined with each other. Yeah, but you're not getting exactly. you're not getting either to yeah. their max benefit. No, exactly. So uh, I don't think, but like. Something like even if it's sort of integrated like that, I think it's fine. Like divine potions, for example, which we got with uh, with dinners, is pretty cool. I hope it's a little bit more special like that, but I hope it's also not completely removed from the core loop. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. And you know, I I, I feel like herblore is one of the things that people have really come to expect as being um, 
the skill's identity is that, hey, it's the potion-making skill, right? And we accept mm-hmm. that, and the uniqueness of her blur comes from the different potions that you're able to make. So you don't necessarily need to break the mold on that, but having an extra training method or, you know, quality of life feature around it isn't necessarily a bad thing because, you know, hey, if you're short on money, Herblore yeah, can exactly. be expensive. And, and even in the context of like an Iron Man, right? Like you think about yeah. it, like you do a lot of Herblore training, you end up with all these potions that you will probably never use up. Um, <laughs> or you, or, well, like it's sort of independent at that point, right? Like the potions you need might not necessarily be the best one to train, and you have to gather a lot of herbs to to even get that training. So I think it could fit in the ecosystem in many different ways, uh, providing like a more in, more cost-effective way to train, uh, but also just, yeah. Yeah, that's it, fair. What's going to be an interesting effect, like if, 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 um, uh, if this becomes a really popular training method, there will be fewer people making potions and potion, like that might become cheaper as a consequence, right? Because now maybe making potions even becomes uh, profitable is probably unlikely. I, I doubt that. I doubt that. I doubt that. But, you know, that like that balance might shift a little bit as well. So this could make a pretty big change to the herbal ecosystem. And I'm all for it. Like, Let's let's mess it up, right? Let's let's disrupt it. Let's disrupt the market. Yeah, maybe or you know, maybe not if we're good with, you know, how how the herb prices are for those of us who like farming herbs, right? Just 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 make sure you get all the money you need before summer 2024. Yeah. Um we're also getting a new group boss in 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 part 2 and something we don't normally talk about all that often here on the show is his group PVM because we're really not um well I I don't know what your plans are for PVM if you're planning to do you know the group PVM but I don't think I don't think I don't think I am so this will be interesting we'll to see when this arrives and you know where it lands if if it's something I want to dip my feet into but I I don't really plan to PVM that much this year We'll see where we get there Yeah All right yeah, all in all, I, I Valamore yes. is looking good. Very, very yeah, nice. I the the one thing I'm sad of, like the, the part of Valamore I'm really excited to see is the I think it's the floating city it's called because it has the College of Bards. I love to see what they did do with that. That to me sounds like it just so many good hooks and options for like quests and content and storylines and and world building. So. Gonna have to wait for at least part three, maybe even longer for that. But other than that, it looks good. Uh, my 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 one hope and my one concern is that you know it's going to be integrated with the world. Like obviously, there's a lot of reason why this region is sort of detached from the rest of the world because yeah. they have been very isolationist yeah. for a long time. But I do hope we get like you know fairy rings and maybe like a spirit tree patch or like things like or maybe even an eagle like location that would be thematic, right? That yeah, would that, really integrate good. it nicely in the world. I've not seen a lot of evidence that this is happening, so that would be sort of my big um, worry. But yeah, other than that, yeah, that's fair. And you know it's it's a it's interesting coming from the fact that this is you know attached to the 
the current continent and the Western continent and whatnot, right? Now, okay. here's an interesting exercise, and this will probably be the last thing on this. Imagine, imagine there's a future game mode for old school here, where rather than starting at Mistelin with Lumbridge, you start somewhere over here, and then your goal I is mean, that you progress outward by unlocking. They did things. that. They did that with, uh, I believe it's either the Twisted League or the Shattered Relics one. I think okay. it's probably Shattered Relics, uh, where everybody was uh, current restricted. Okay, but but there was no there was no opportunity to head to head eastward then. Nope, it okay. was just current. Okay. Yeah, and, and I mean, that's a good way to show off the continent, but I, I think it'd be interesting if you could um, progress east on that. But um, speaking of east, Varrock, defender of Varrock, potentially arriving in game in February. One of the backported quests that is being pulled with the Gigapole following the Winter Summit here, and... They made special note that, you know, hey, yeah, this is a backported quest brought in from backups from uh, around the era when Old School initially uh, was salvaged. But there's going to be a number of quality of life changes to it and a, and a few changes along the way. And my sense with, with Defender of Iraq was that it was mostly going to be quality of life changes to make it feel and work as though uh, it comes out in 2024 rather than 2008 mm-hmm. compared to actually, you know, changing major story beats like the other quest that we'll talk about. Well, what's the chuckling for? Yeah, no, uh, I, I'm just the other quest that we're going to talk. I about know. Today. I know everybody wants to talk about it, but let's get this yeah. one out of the way first. Um, I mean, um, with De- like with defender of rock, we know what that other one is, obviously, yeah. but defender of rock is, is a weird one for me because, I have basically no memory of it. I think I think this was just about the time when I was still doing quests with guides. Gasp, yes, I know it. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, so it never really stuck to me as like a lore quest, uh, even though, of course, it, it, it does set up a bunch of things. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I mean, clearly, they're... they're Doing something slightly differently uh, because it requires uh, the Kamdazal uh, quest. Below so, Ice Mountain. Yeah, below Ice Mountain. So they're going to integrate some of the old school specific beats, or at least probably. But yeah, I this this is one of those things. It it feels there's nothing to write home about, right? Like it's sure it's exciting for people who've never really played RS3 and are really discovering RuneScape through a old school exclusive lens for them it's going to be really exciting but i feel for me like i'm like stop doing that give me more valamore give me more continents give me the floating city right <laughs> um and so yeah I, okay. i'm reasonably okay. different okay 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 that that's important that's important that you say that because i feel ambivalent t- towards both these quests as well and maybe maybe that's why because I've been going back and forth now for 24 hours about whether or not I vote yes or no to both yeah. these quests. Um, Look, I, like I said, I, I don't think it's bad content. I think 
because we know how many more people play old school compared to RS3. That's a fact. Uh, and and don't you go down in the comment section saying, yeah, but they're all bots. Do, do please go into the comment section, but say something nice. Um, but... <laughs> um, I, I lost my train of thought. Oh, you were talking about bots and like many more players, they will never play RS3. And if it's a relatively simple thing to just put a quest in the game because it's mostly already done, it's surely going to be less work than doing a, a, a quest from scratch. Why not? Yeah, it makes sense. And like on behalf of the people who get to play this for the first time because they don't play RS3. I'm all for it. I will vote for it because I think great, fine. Yeah, to Those be fair, it, Defender of Rock is not the one I have the issue with, to be honest, <laughs> right? Um, and should, I, we, I, should we quickly talk about the, the armored zombies? Yeah, so yeah, the armored zombies and, and the axe because armored zombies were, you know, the bread and butter for training beyond, you know, you know that level 60, 70 into the 80 range with that mm-hmm. and you know it's, it'll be interesting to see if those come into the game what people use for those but we're also getting the zombie axe which is designed to be a weapon that sits in between the dragon scimitar and abyssal whip which i think is wonderful because i'm i'm right there right now and i i don't know if i was talking to you or somebody else this week and i was like where's the intermediate strength weapon mm. after dragon scimitar I mean, we 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 haven't done Monkey Madness, so we are sort of losing out on the scimitar, unfortunately. Ah. So I've been making do with. Uh, Dragon I prefer Long Swords. I would have liked a semi, but hey, I got my whip now. I'm all good. Um, yeah, no, I I like it. I think it's good. I think it's a good place for a drop, honestly. Like it, it's a good quest reward, yeah. And it's gonna, it's gonna be primarily a slash and crush weapon, which I think is good. No stab options, it's got a negative three stab attack bonus, which I mean is fine given the fact it's this big honking axe with this. <laughs> so, um, I, it's, it's it, I, I think it sits well, right? Like, we were, and, and we I mean, talking, a melee strength like bonus about, of 107, so that's nice, yeah. Because you were talking, we were talking about the dragon mace, and like it's it just doesn't have the crush bonus. So having like a nice little no, it doesn't. Of- I think it's like a sixty a level six. I think it's plus sixty in terms of crush. Let me just look this up right now, because you know after after leagues ended, my sole existence for a good a good amount of time on old school has been you know at the crabs, just bringing up the the melee combat stats. And yeah, right now. Um, Dragon Mace has a plus 60 crush bonus and going up to this axe from there that's a nice upgrade 60 to 100 so uh I like that and it's good going to give people another reason to go to the armored zombies in addition uh to the XP that they're going to be able to to give so yep all right well gothic sleeps <sighs> Iconic. Iconic, yes. That, you know, that's the word that they kept using. Yeah, and I, I was a little bit surprised, and I'm and, and maybe they'll save this for the quest when when it gets there, and you know maybe they didn't want to spoil it for people who haven't done it. You know, temple temple desecrated is one of 
I think the all-time best RuneScape music uh, tracks. We'll have to wait what? and see if it works. Its way. Shane's yeah. talking about RuneScape music. I mean, it was <laughs> it, it was one of the first most iconic quest tracks out there. So I'm waiting to see if that makes its way in if this quest comes. But I feel, and this is my RS3 side talking, the events that were set up in While Gothic Sleeps laid out the dominoes to the Sixth Age. And what I have done following this is I went in and I completely caught myself up with all of Mod Ed's lore Q&As on this and what he has effectively said on this is that right now there is no intention to follow that same path. They can continue telling different stories about what the characters would do after certain events like Well Gothic Sleeps if there's no god influence on the world and I am reasonably confident that the dominoes that were put in place on the RS3 side after Well Gothic Sleeps won't be happening on Old School, specifically because they also said um, that the, the the goal for this is to, you know, not even, um, they're not even going to copy the existing version of Ritual, the Majorat that was done. They're going to do their own Majorat finale based off of what we have on the one arc of Well Gothic Sleeps and on the other arc um, that's presently where it's at with Desert Treasure 2. So I'm not worried about that anymore going into this. And I feel like this is, like you said, an iconic quest, just as Defender of Rock was. And people are going to get to experience it for the first time. I'm just not over the over the hump yet to say yes to this in the poll. And, you know, granted, maybe I shouldn't even have a say. Maybe I shouldn't even have a say because I don't have the requirements right now. I haven't done the rest of the the rest of the Majorat quests that are in game presently. Maybe I shouldn't have a say in this, but that's just how I feel right now. I mean, I think this is a long discussion, and I think we can't have this discussion properly without without doing the quest, through, without doing like yeah. all of the Majorat quests. But I disagree that while Gothic Sleep set up the dominoes to the gods returning in RSV. I think. There might be some relations, as in they both affected Majorat, and the motivation as to... Can I spoil RS3 quests on yeah, this yeah, show? You, yeah, you should. And, re- and to be clear, right, I'm not going to harp on this point any more than I already have, because the quest yeah, needs like, to stand on its own. Like, But, like, like, sure, one of the reasons why um, Sliska might have done the things he did uh, in the world wakes that he did is motivated by the events of ritual of the Majorat. Yeah. But yeah. like that, that is that much is true. Like, I think it's maybe a prerequisite, but on the other hand, it's not the only consequence and not a necessary consequence. I think there's other stories you can tell that come out of it. And, and you can tell those stories without doing the quest requirements dance. <laughs> that RS3 is having to deal with right now, with sort of quest lines resetting the quest requirements because it's much more of a living game and living thing. 
Yeah, it all operates that together in makes like all of that makes me think that Witcher of the Majorat is going to be much closer to an actual conclusion. Right, and, and it's gonna both. and it's gonna tie in the threads that started on exactly. both sides of this because you got you know different you know Majorats coming together and they introduced them you know in their own in- introductory little quests on that way. Yes. And mm-hmm. and you know we've kind of already started that, and there needs to be some kind of recap before we get in, into the lore of all this well gothic sleep stuff before we get there. But yeah, maybe I'll vote yes. My my only worry is like they've been saying it's so iconic, it's so great, right? Like everybody loves this quest. Yeah. My big worry is that I think a lot big reason why this has cemented itself into the memory of people in a very positive way is this was the first time it tried something of this skill. Right, and it also um, granted the dragon plate body, which we already have. But we're gonna I mean, get that's other not why people remember. That's not why people what people remember it for. I the think. tormented I think demons. People- Sure, sure. But I'm talking about the the scope of the quest and the scale of the quest itself. Like, for the longest time, like, whenever we got applications at Clan Quest, which is a questing clan, and we asked people for their favorite quest, like, at least half the time, while Gothic Sleeps was their favorite quest. And I think the scale had something to do with it. It was unique. It was new. In old school, we've already had this skill before. We've seen Dresser Treasure 2, for example. Uh, even A Kingdom Divided, I think, falls into the same boat. Like, it's big story beats. So the question is, can such a outdated quest still match that emotional impact right. that that quest had to Yeah, and, and, and you know, I think that's a, that's a fair discussion because... and. You know, when when you and I play this, this will also be new for us because it's not just a hundred percent backport. They're actually making changes in the storyline to accommodate sure. the the path that they're taking on that. So mm-hmm. if they can, you know, use some of those things that they're working into it, or some of the things that are being changed about it, I think the answer to that question is a cautiously optimistic yes. We'll see. I, I'm voting yes for this. Like I said, I think it deserves to be part of the game. We're getting to the point where maybe they should be calling the quest differently because they might deviate from the RS3 canon, but... Uh, it doesn't uh, matter. It's know. the same general. Exactly. As long as it's the same general idea, I think it's fine. The thing I'm really excited about, though, is the rewards, right? Like, the Dragon Claw um, changes? I think they should go to the Tormented Demons. You'd... Yeah, see, I don't know. see like, and, they, and they... the interesting thing about this is I was talking this out with you before the show and pre-show, and I said, oh, yeah. no, it should remain on the, it should remain on the Tombs of Amiskit, um drop table. Then I'm like, okay, but Tombs of Amiskit is this really difficult thing. What does it make sense having a level 60 weapon over there when you can put it at something like the Tormented Demons, that's a, that's a better, you know, level bracket. And then, you know, obviously deal with the ramifications of moving it off of Tombs of Amiskit, but, but that's a topic for another day. I, I, yeah, exactly. I think the, the, the claws don't make a lot of sense in, 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 in the tombs, um, thematically. 
I feel it was put there because they wanted to put the claws in the game because they're pretty iconic, if you think about it. And, so, and interestingly enough, this is a non-binding question on the poll. Yeah. That that makes sense because they need to consider the impact and the economy. Um, oh, sorry. It's yeah, not Tombs of Amiskit. It's Chambers of Zarek that they come from. Gosh. We are such noobs. Okay, Chambers of Xeric. Replace that. We'll we'll put like a little AI generated voice over our own voices. So it's I've been like... waiting to be able to do something like that. Ah! No, like a really bad text to speech voice. No, That's I'm not. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm not diving that deep into the editing for that on this episode. People just have to accept it for what it is. All right. I, I think the reward that I was most excited by when I heard this, I was like, yes, this makes so much more sense than Ruinous Powers. It's got alignments. You're going to have to you're going to have to sell me on this. The the thing with Ruinous, like we talked about this on the show before when they scrapped Ruinous Powers. Yeah. Uh, and I think back in the day, you agreed with me, right? Like it is really hard to come up with a set of prayer things that are not outright an improvement over the current prayer book. You want to have horizontal content. Yeah. But that's really hard because the current prayer book really kind of covers everything you want. Uh, it's really hard to get around like blocking all melee damage, blocking all incoming melee damage, right? Like that's we've ever since we got 43 prayer or questing has become like a million times easier because mm-hmm. that prayer mm-hmm. is is a must have how are you gonna come up with content that is as good as that it's not better it's not worse rs3 gave up and made it better right like i have not used standard prayers there in years and you don't really want that yeah that's true the fact that now they're basically saying, you know what, let's make these prayers better, but let's put them at a higher level on top of the existing books, and let's find some niche use cases for each. So they're almost like branching prayers then, within yeah. the same prayer book. Yeah. That's a good way of looking at it. Exactly. So I could, like, they're talking about rights of balance, I think. Uh, great name. I could see that being focused around, you know, uh, sort of cost benefits, right? Like, maybe um, you block all damage, but uh, or you recoil damage that you blocked, but also, I don't know, lose more prayer points, right? Like, lose sure. a part of the balance, right? Super cool theme. You come up with just four prayers that do very specific things. Then you pick some of the ruinous powers and you do some things. Um, yeah, and, and see, they're also talking about the potential of having Xarosian-themed ones that could be as a reward from Desert Treasure too. Mm-hmm. It would replace ruinous powers, and I think that's it's a great solution. Um, I was thinking, give me some Bedosian prayers, like all offense, no defense, <laughs> basically. Right? Like... Make give me some prayers oh, that only work. From- that, see, that's an interesting idea. Then, from that angle, is that the you have your your three combat styles, right? And then, based off of that, you go one step further, and you're able to say, "I want to then, you know, tailor mm-hmm. my my melee experience just a little bit by using a different by using a different set of I- um, prayers, like the like the rights of balance." 
Like here, here's here's an off the cuff idea for the Bandos prayers, right? Have a Bandos have some prayers that get more powerful the less armor you wear. Yeah. But to me, that fits perfectly with yeah, Bandos. It does. Right. It does. And like, it sounds like such a cool little trade off. And I am almost seeing this as relics light, right? It's tiny. Ooh, that's to a bit of a. Day. I don't know if you should say that word. I know, but like it's like a little tweak to your gameplay. You can sort of pick and choose what you want to do, and you can switch it out. To me, it sounds great, and it doesn't need to replace the entire prayer book. You still get access to those as well. It is a great new reward space, in my opinion. Yeah, exactly. And once again, once again, non-binding question. They're just a concept at this stage, so we don't know if things are going to go this way. So I realize we're having fun talking about this right now, but let's just, you know, just... I, I, and I'm not saying this to say that we shouldn't get excited about this. I'm just saying this to temper expectations a little bit. I am excited about it. Like, if Varlamore was not in this list, it would be the thing of the entire Winter Summit I was the most excited about. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay then. Like I, the reward space just, oh my god! Like the fact I can come up with off the cuff ideas left and right that sound like they would be somewhat feasible, is a good sign that there's a lot of cool options there. Indeed, indeed. All right, you've just convinced me. I'll vote yes on while Gothic sleeps and the associated options. Definitely on the god alignments. Yes. Otherwise, I'll come and find you because. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Well, yeah, I already voted yes on that. I, re- I voted yes on that, but definitely the God Alliance. It was that discussion that sold me, and the fact, and the fact that it's not going to be just a copy paste over from RS3. So, I think thinking about that a little bit has helped. All right. There's one thing that's not going to be a copy from RS3 because it doesn't exist in RS3. No, it's sailing. I find it hard to talk about this because I know that there's a lot of people who are actually excited about it. In theory, I have just not had an opportunity. Like, we need to get someone on the show to convince us about sailing, I feel. Because I'm not convinced, you're not convinced. A lot of people in my clan are not convinced, but yet this 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 skill passed the poll. It was very narrow between that and shamanism. Yeah, yeah. But then the green light poll on sailing after they went like in the deep dive did succeed with a bigger margin than I expected. Yeah. Um. I, I feel like we'd be doing a disservice to the skill to talk about it in depth right now. The two things I, I want to say I is that based off the roadmap that they put out, I find it very difficult to see where they're at right now. Look, this is this is going to be a 2025 release. Oh, yeah. At, at earliest. At oh, earliest. Yeah. And, so, and, you know, that's fine. That's fine because you got to get it right. Yeah. Cause I agree. Right now they're working on core gameplay, navigation, Designing the sea and boarding, moving and using a ship, and oh god, oh god, the 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 gifs they posted for boarding, moving and using the ship. I I, I have to say one word 
comes to mind with that, and you agreed with me on that, and it's, and it's jank. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm. First of all, I need to say I'm incredibly impressed by the fact that they made the engine do this in the first place. The fact that there's people on the ship, you can see other ships, and it all works. I don't want to know the spaghetti goat that exists and that they have to touch to make this all work. I am very impressed. But the skill just doesn't really work. Like, view distance is a problem, right? Like, the boat just pops in while it's right next to you and it pops out when it leaves right next to you. And I, it basically, it's a little, it's a bit immersion breaking. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's exactly it. And I don't know why they posted it like they did, but if you look at the pictures they posted and the videos they posted, um, they're posted on the fixed window client. And honestly, based on what's there, I feel like everything being shown would work better if they were using the resizable window. Sure, and of course, we're getting all the engine improvements that may help with this as well. But yeah, we'll see. I Like you said, I think we're doing it a disservice by, by not talking about it in depth. And I think we need to get someone on board who was sold on the idea to begin with, uh, just to yeah get that voice out there. Because, you know, I've convinced you of a few things on this show uh on this very show already, so perhaps, you know, crazier things have happened. I've been convinced of the merits of EOC on a show before, and that's... Someone must be able to do it with sailing, right? Yeah, and and to be fair, nobody outside of Jagex has touched it, right? And, you know, we might have an entirely different experience when we get our hands on a beta. So there's yeah. that. But... Yeah. The main thing I think we wanted to say is that sailing was here. We don't know where it's going to be, and I don't feel comfortable talking about it until we get more information on this, because I, like you said, this is looking like 2025 at the earliest at this point. So, Oh, for sure, yes. The Wilderness. Every day I see Wilderness updates. For old school, I am reminded that there is a vibrant PvP community in this game. Yeah, a community I'm not a part of and have no interest of doing PvP at old school. But they are they are bringing out a number of wilderness themed updates for this, or at least polling them on this. And I think the I think the update that speaks most to the kind of stuff that we're looking at is that yeah, you know, there's changes that are on the way when it comes to the NPCs around the Chaos Temple. There's questions of, you know, what levels of the wilderness sees the most PvP in use. And then we get to these things called adamant seeds, which are like mithril seeds. Oh, yes. Except they're going to force walk you in the opposite direction. (laughs) Honestly, I was, I, 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 yeah, I wanted to talk about this. I was reading this and my mouth was basically on my, on my desk, like, because the fact that people have found a use for mithril seeds to force walk themselves out of a certain tile to get around certain PK situations boggles my mind. Um, and this is the kind of creativity I love to see. I don't have any interest in being part of it myself, but the fact that people are able to use game mechanics in such a way uh, we tend to call this emergent behavior 
it's behavior that's not designed. It's behavior that follows out of the consequences of multiple game systems working together. Right. And the fact that they're leading into this and like, you know what? Let's make you walk to the other side with these seats. Love it. Like, to me, that is a really fun addition. It's not game-breaking. I don't think it even breaks the meta. No. But it, it adds it's a an fun option. little... Yeah, it adds a fun little new thing. And honestly, I think a lot of people are in the same boat as you and me, right? Like, yeah. We don't PK. We hate PKers but there is they don't let us go into the wilderness. Yeah. Um, but there's a, a question of, you know, maybe there's, is there a way to get more people into the wilderness in terms of the skilling side? Cause there's a poll question number eight, which, mm-hmm. you know, the exact details of this stuff is talked about in the wilderness, um, post, but it's, you know, should they work on designs for improvements to the wilderness agility course, wilderness slayer, wilderness resource area and fountain of rune to be fleshed out and locked in at a later date. And, you know, I, I did I did go back in a bit of history on this, and there seems to be a history where PvP content and wilderness content doesn't pass polls. So it's going to be interesting to watch and see what happens with yeah. this. No, that's where I was going to go next, and I think it's because a lot of the people, like, that community is a minority. Uh, I think um, a lot of people dislike PKing, mostly because it inconveniences them. Yeah. Um, but I, I think we should give these people the chance to right and give this content. So and I will be voting is, in favor for the same reason I'm voting in favor of Defender of Iraq, right? Okay, and and see the thing is, what reason do you have to go into the wilderness? Uh, I mean, actually, there's some really good training. Like, it was actually a discussion lately, like in in our, in our clan chat about it. Uh, like the wilderness slayer tasks are apparently really good money. Uh, and good XP. Um, oh, I should look into that. Like the revenants are a big deal. Uh, Not quite so that there's, there's a, yet. Yeah, but like there's a bunch of content. Like if you're willing to take the risks, um, like one of the people in the clan was like doing one of the bosses, like wilderness bosses for Slayer, and they earned like millions in just that single task. Right, like it's really good money if you're willing to take that risk. Yeah, and, and I think that's also what we saw with leagues too, is that you know only two percent of the people or so took wilderness, but the people who did it had an entire game that was based around GP. Which is interesting. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. um, you know, it's an interesting it's an interesting discussion to have on this. We'll have to wait and see if these pass. I'm like you said, a little bit concerned that they might not, but I feel like we should lend them uh their vote on this, even if we're not part of that community. I agree. All right. All right. Um, oh, there was one more thing with the wilderness stuff. I, I was going to move on to the, to the next thing, but uh, the chivalry prayer scroll, how do we feel about chivalry um, potentially being made available um, through the wilderness? I, I, The reasoning they say in the post, it makes sense. Like By the time you get chivalry, you almost always already have access to piety. It's pretty much a not so useful thing. I don't really like doing the night waves. Give me another way to unlock it. I'll take it. Let me buy it. I'll throw money at it. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> um, you and I both know um, how I feel about things just being buyable, right? 
in terms of other things that we won't talk about right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and you know, again, that's another that's another economy of the wilderness creeping its way into the game that that we can benefit from. So, but, um, all right. Yeah, they say this unlock gives lower level players ranging between forty and a hundred combat a slightly improved chance against players who have access to prayers like piety, rigor, and augur. So, yeah, it's fine. All right. Last up, the HD client, my favorite part of the of the winter summit. My second favorite part, sorry. First first favorite part was Varlamar part 1. Yep. Yep. Uh, Somebody posted a very predictable screenshot from Twitch chat. Um and I will read this to you verbatim. Is this RS3 or what? Nobody wants this. But it's not. And see, that's the thing. And this is actually what makes me excited about this is that everybody has been talking about, you know, is old school going to get an HD mode, right? And people were thinking that it would look like um, the 2008 RSHD that that the OSHD Mm -hmm. client is implementing right now. But it's not. What you see when you look at official HD mode is you see a collection of deeper color palettes, different skyboxes, more in-depth lighting that pops. I'd like to actually talk talk with Zant on the show here. Uh, he's one of our RS3 contributors to see what he has to say about these screenshots and, you know, just the way this kind of leans into the old school um, graphical identity because that's something I picked up in terms of, you know, just running around the world in leagues, parts of the world I hadn't been to before, is that Old school has its own unique graphical identity, and you can really see it in the areas that have come out in the last few years, like the Isle of Souls, like Corind and whatnot. And I was always wondering, you know, how would this look in HD? And he, lo tried, and behold, tried, here we are. Tr- they got the sample screenshots. Yeah, I mean, you tried the unofficial HD client, and... I mean, we, we we weren't doing the show back then, but there was like a thing, like a whole problem with between Jagex and the HD client, where the HD client was sort of because they were working on their own HD yeah. client. We knew that, and like there was this big thing. But if you look at what Jagex is doing, I'm like, this is next level because I I think you use this is better than OS HD and one one seven HD. Yeah, because you used that, right? Like you used both. You tried both of them. Yeah, I've tried both of them, and I've actually just gone back to vanilla Runelite at this point because um, OSHD doesn't support all the plugins, and one one seven HD can't render with the GPU on Mac. Ah, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna get all of that and more. But we, you were talking about OSHD and how it doesn't run all the plugins. Oh, I know. Runelight runs on yeah. Runelight runs on the Java client. Yeah, which you know you yeah. want to get away from ASAP at this point. Yeah, because all these these HD improvements are in the in the new C plus plus client. So, I mean, first of all, I'm happy for it because I do actually play mobile quite a lot, uh, especially in the last few weeks, and yeah. I'm going to get all of these improvements. Yeah. Uh, I'm also also going to get all the plugins. 
that the new plugin API is going to unlock. I think that's great. I think I couldn't play without plugins anymore. Right, and and see, I, and see, that's the most that's the most absurd thing is that you know we come into this game thinking ah, I'm not going to use any plugins. I'm not going to use any plugins. I don't need. Them. Oh, I switched to I and then, not and then the boom, client, boom, like, boom. You know, throughout leagues, I probably added you know a dozen or so plugins to the list. Yeah, same. Um, yeah, and and you know it's interesting to see them take that path because it shows that hey, this is exactly where the community wants us to be. And it's like going to be like, okay, what are all your plugins going to be when this arrives then? Because I think that's another big thing that that we have questions about is what are the what are the plugins in the in the new client going to look like? Is it going to have an abstraction layer that lets it run RuneLite plugins, or are all those RuneLite plugin developers, which are part of the community, they're all hosted on yeah. GitHub or are or are or are all those people going to have to port over to the new client? That's what worries me, right? Like there is there are almost too many plugins, and there's going to be a chance that at least some of them will never like they are no longer actively developed or supported. So you know, the question is, what's going to happen with with those? Like, do you just have to accept? Like some people will hesitate. To move over to the official client as long as they don't get all of the benefits the current one does have, right? Yeah. And in my case, yeah. like bank tags and bank tag layouts, that's Runelite storage, right? I'm going to have to reset that up if I ever switch to a completely new plugin ecosystem. So I'm kind of log- locked into the whole Runelite thing. So I almost hope that they're going to think about this and be like, you know what? We'll put like a abstraction layer in there. It can just port over all the Runelite plugins very easily. Yeah. But yeah, we'll see. Like the, the real nice thing about them developing a plugin API, and this comes back to the same as the HD discussion, right? Like without an API, people will find ways around, you know, getting access to the game data, making changes and all that. And the only thing Jagex can do is like, oh, don't cheat and use your best. They factors. can they can further obfuscate and all that, but they can further with, with an API they, can... they invite it. Well, yeah, but the API with the API you can basically start saying anything that goes not through the API is illegal. It's not allowed. Yeah, it's very obvious at that point what a plugin can and can't do. Right, like right now you could probably make plugins that do things that Jagex doesn't. Allow, oh, you can, right? yeah. you can. They just, they just aren't greenlit and, for the plugin, the RuneLight plugin hub. Exactly. So it all needs to be done very and, manually. Okay. This, yeah. Sorry. Continue. The ambiguity. Yeah. Yeah. That removes so, all the ambiguity. Here's here's our top ten used plugins on mm-hmm. RuneLight right now. Quest Helper, One One Seven, Guardians of the Rift Helper, Tombs of Amiskit, Zalra, WikiSync. Banked experience, skills progress, the gauntlet, and bank tag layouts. Yeah. And Quest Helper, 433,000 users. I mean, bank tag layouts, I miss them so much, right? Like, I have set up, like, ones for farming runs and bird runs. And, like, when I'm on mobile, I'm going to have to go to all my tabs and click the items individually. Like... I really hope that we get a good plugin ecosystem, but it's a chicken and the egg problem. You need enough players 
for the plugins to be worth it. Because to be honest, most people who de- develop plugins are players who have an annoying problem. Yeah. And I'm just like, I'll fix it myself, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, that. like and, and to give you an idea, if we're really going to open up this API, um, you remember when we were first starting off, what I said I need to do yeah. to see if we can do this with a plugin. And you're not able to actually change this with the RuneLite plugin API, but I wanted there to be a plugin that would just let me change the font in-game. Yeah. Give me like a, give me like a true type rendered font, please. Mm-hmm. And you know, maybe that's something that could be done because, and you know, you, you, this might be my eyesight, it might be my screen, but I honestly, honestly find the find the font hard to read. But mm-hmm. but that's a topic for a different day, yeah. of course. And I would be I would be over the moon if a plugin or even just the official client let me change the fonting game. Yeah, but like that's that's the whole thing, right? You have a problem. You are technically inclined so you might say you know what i'll just write it myself and that's how a plugin developer's journey starts yes and 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 for that you need people to actually play the game on that platform so you have sort of a chicken and the egg problem i'm hoping that jagex sees this starts inviting some like looks at the top 10 plugins right and it's like hey let us help you rewrite those then you have the top like top 10 plugins sorted then you have the fact that mobile is a huge deal, right? Like, I think that's actually speaking in their favor right now because I think mobile, a lot of people do play on mobile and would use a third-party client if they could. I would, uh, but can't. Having plugins there will also be a huge deal. So those might be the saving grace. And if that's the case, I would love to have both my plugins and all those gorgeous HD upgrades. Yeah, and and like I said, after seeing the HD stuff in the in the summit, I don't want to use one one seven or HDOS anymore. I I am I understand on a rational level why it is possible to make it look great, right? Because all it is is just geometry. You just throw a whole new renderer on it, and yes, of course you can do all those those beautiful, awesome things. But then I look at it, I'm like, I didn't think that old school could be this fitty. That's exactly it. Like, like I would have said the same thing a year ago. So, um, I, I just think I just want to say one more thing on the HD stuff. And this is, you know, the second to last paragraph before they get into the whole plug-in API business. Um, they said that they've been researching SkyDome systems which will allow them to add weather. By adding clouds and other atmospheric effects, they'll craft bespoke lighting settings for all of the different biomes. And no more will the accursed skies of Mauritania look identical to the pleasant, sunny shores of Brimhaven Beach. That's possible. That's possible in this engine that's running old school. Yep. So there we have it. Uh, that's that's Winter Summit 2024, folks. I mean, we skipped on the boss uh, scurriers, but that's going to come out because it's coming out week. in three days, and we're going to talk about it on next show. Yeah, exactly. So no, no, we didn't miss anything. Uh, we looked at all of it. Um, I mean, I, I, as hopefully people can tell, I'm pretty excited about what's coming. Top three. Um, 
my top three, uh, Volamore, specifically part two, actually. Okay. Even though we know very little about it. Uh, God Alignments. Okay. Uh, and The Engine. Okay. For me, it's Volamore part one, then The Engine stuff. And after that, I'm, I know it's a bit of a cop-out to say this because it's three days away. But it's the Rat King, because that's specifically what I need right now in terms of combat training. Yeah, there you go. So, but... I mean, I, I have to say, though, like, overall, I, I, like I said, I had a prior engagement. I couldn't actually watch the Winter Summit live. No, and I think I it's, good to, it, it's good to give it time to Stu, because you would have got an entirely yeah. different reaction from me yesterday than uh, you did today. But, but like, I, I wanted it. To watch it live, at least, would be part of that experience. Right. Uh, I couldn't. Okay. So I haven't, I haven't watched the entire vault either. But from what I've seen, like the videos they made and produced, um, especially in collaboration with some of the content creators, it's been one of the best outlets of like a roadmap I've seen Jagex do. Period. Like I. Well, it was all very tightly produced. It's also clear. just good community management. And I loved, like, there's a good sense of humor in there, little jokes. There's, like, a whiteboard in there talking about League 16. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I did want to mention that before uh, before we go. I don't know if you if you read the whiteboard. Yeah, I did read. Yeah, give Jad a Glock, right? No, Love no, 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 Not that one, not that one. <laughs> oh? Enlightened Journey 4. Ah, oh, right. Dungeoneering yes. in space? Question mark? Yes. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. Yeah. No, exactly. I... I... <laughs> I'm sorry, you know, I just had to point that out. <laughs> I think that's the kind of humor. I really appreciate that. Like, that shows, like, there's a lot of details going into these videos that to me, show the love the developers have, the passion that they have for this project to put that together. It's great. And in the absence of RuneFest, which not much longer now, but in the absence of RuneFest, I think this is the next best thing. Right. And, and so with that, I don't think we'll get a summer summit then because they'll save that for RuneFest, probably. Uh, I expect so. I mean, the, the content sort of lines up, right? Like it, yeah. the roadmap sort of ends in summer. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Interesting times ahead, nonetheless. Um, of, of course, if you uh, want to follow us, uh, we're, on, we're on all the podcast platforms out there. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google, Pocket Casts, and more. Just visit update.show slash OS. We're also on YouTube at youtube.com uh, slash uh, OSRS update. I don't think you need the ad in there, but somebody said that they couldn't get to it without the ad symbol. I got to look into why that's uh, the case. But um, uh it, Definitely, definitely interesting times ahead. We'll be back next week uh, for another episode where we discuss uh, the Rat King. Anything else before we go? Nope. Alrighty then. We'll see you guys next week for another episode of the Old School RuneScape Update. See you then, everyone. Take care. Bye.